Our gospel story today begins with a story of intimacy, of unguarded trust that Simon demonstrates that he has with Jesus. For he not only brings Jesus home with him, but he brings him into the very intersanctum of his home, where all the bedrooms were, where In fact, his mother-in-law is. Simon brings Jesus to his mother-in-law, it tells us. His mother-in-law who's been suffering from a fever. No doubt she would have been the one who would have prepared the meal they would have at noon that day. Jesus responds and he says, the scripture says he came. He took her by the hand and he lifted her up. And it was then that the fever left her. Now, I don't know about you, but when I have had a fever, I'm generally pretty weak for days after, but not this woman. Something in Jesus' touch not only causes the fever to leave, but for this woman to get up and turn right around and serve them. The the gospel moves from this intimate, personal interaction to the whole city being engaged. That evening, the word must have gotten out because... The whole city has come and brought with them all their sick and possessed. I believe the good news of this gospel is that Jesus sets us free. He sets us free from illness and what possesses us or keeps us from serving God. He cured many who were sick with various diseases or possessed, it tells us. I have in my mind's eye this sort of Norman Rockwell-esque kind of painting, if you will, of an entire city gathered round the front door of Simon Peter's home. Some of you in this room are too young to remember Norman Rockwell, but he had this characteristic of painting in which he caught the essence of people in their everyday ordinariness. I imagine a young boy with his frog crawling out of his pocket and a bored mom there with her child who's unruly with some sort of demon. I imagine it's a scene of a bit of chaos as the various members in all sorts and conditions are there at the doorway with their ill and demon-possessed in tow because they're hungry for that loved one to be set free, to be healed by this new healer in town that speaks with authority, such authority that demons are rebuked. This healer who speaks in such authority that demons know who he is and are afraid of him. 
In this particular story, the demons are not even allowed to speak because they knew him. They knew him as the Son of God. It seems in some way that Jesus wanted to keep it under wraps what he was really about, his true identity. But even so, the whole city is present at the front door. I believe through Christ, God the creator and redeemer of the world touches you and I and those in this world touches our ailments, our possessions, that, and then enables us to serve Christ in the world by proclaiming the good news. The good news for Simon Peter's mother-in-law was that she had been set free from fever, from the lack of energy that goes with it. And she goes from the horizontal of being ill. For those of us who've had the flu in the last few months, we know what that's like. To the vertical. Not just vertical and upright, but serving, moving out at the very touch of Jesus. What I hope you can see this day and what I hope you are is set free. Set free to proclaim the good news of what God has done in your life. Can you imagine if we were all to share what healings we've experienced at Christ's hand? How it might be that the whole of Texas City could be gathered at our door with their sick and possessed? Wow, wouldn't that be wild? That was actually the dream of Lloyd's two years ago, that we be a place of healing, prayer. That we have healings on a regular basis. Well, as long as I've been here, that is one of the best kept secrets of this congregation, is there are all kinds of healings all the time. Just yesterday, I was speaking with Lisa Tinney, who Many of you know as the artist who came and worked with us one Lent, and many of you painted silks in honor of those who had passed with her. Lisa, a mom of six, who has cancer. She has lymphoma. She reported to me yesterday, I feel God's healing. I have a new vibrancy of life, and I have energy now I did not have. I'm able to run around with my new granddaughter, and I actually have hope that I will see my other grandchildren as they come along. I did not have that three years ago. Just one of many, many stories. I think of how one of our beloved here has been healed of cancer, not one or two times, but is it four or five times? Miracles walking in our very midst. Well, in chapel on Wednesday, we were having a conversation. You know, we gather on, Wednesday, on Tuesday mornings to pray for you, the congregation, and all those who seek our prayer and healing. 
We talked about what it would be, how one might proclaim the good news as Jesus did. It was a good conversation, an honest conversation in recognizing that in America, I think our first thought is, oh my gosh, proclaiming God's good news means I've got to go stand on a street corner and holler. Do you have that image? And if we were to do that, it would definitely stir some trouble. And then if we did that, we might be rejected by loved ones and others. But what if to proclaim good news wasn't that picture? What if it was something maybe closer to home, like with Simon Peter's mother-in-law? What if it was simply saying, seeing good news in the scripture for yourself to start with? Over the last number of years, I've been working with others in a preaching group. And part of that process is about seeing good news within the scripture for this Sunday. Naming it and claiming it. It's what is it I can grab hold of and believe in? Because we can't proclaim something we don't believe. And so it is that I invite you to begin to take a closer look at our readings, to look at what in that is good news for you, for today, in your life. Because he came for each of us. He is good news. And as we claim and stake our beliefs on what he has to say, we will become good news for the world. It's more about our becoming than our shouting. It's been said, preach, yes. Use words only when necessary. It is our very lives that will proclaim God's good news as we engage with him as the good news for ourselves. Do we need good news today? I think so. I don't know about you, but there is a wealth of bad news out there. So what would it look like for us to begin to share good news? Does it bring joy when you find good news? Was there something read today that made your heart kind of giddy up? I can't hear that psalm without getting excited where it talks about maybe it's not the psalm where is it it talks about the Lord is an everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth he does not faint or grow weary his understanding is unsearchable that's for you that's for me and this is the beautiful thing. He gives power to the faint, not the strong, to the faint. Are you faint in some way? He strengthens the powerless. He strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary. 
and we know the youth have all kinds of energy. The young will fall exalted, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Does that grab hold of you in any way? Does that excite your heart? That is the sign of the word being good news for you. What is it in all these readings that's grabbed hold of you this day? How do you distinguish good news in the gospel, in your life? Or does all the bad news that's out there keep you from even looking for it? Has it got you so distracted you've forgotten there actually is good news? Or does it seem that the good news in the Bible was for then and not now? Maybe a bit of cynicism sets in and you think, ah, it's not really for me. That's that other person's job to find good news. Or do you keep the good news inside and quiet? I sure have been guilty of that over my lifetime, thinking, who am I to share this? Here's a new question to ask. Who are you not to share this? Right? Who are you not to share? Because the world is starving for good news. Maybe you don't want to call attention to yourself, or you're afraid it will be embarrassing, or it's something private, or I don't know what gets in the way for you. I've had to look at what gets in the way for me. And more often, it's me focused on me, worrying about me, than just casting worries about my reputation or what someone would think of me or what have you, and being obedient to what God wants to do in and through each of us. Saying, why not? Why not? What if each one of us posted a word of good news on social media each day? Or wrote it down and slipped it to the cashier? What if we were to actually encourage others and help them to put trust in God for healing in their own situation by sharing where we've been healed? Many, many, many in this congregation have received healing by the grace of God and prayers of the faithful people of St. George's. What would it be like to share with someone maybe in your neighborhood or at the barber about how you've been healed or someone was healed, putting a bit of good news out there. What would it be like to be used to encourage and even pray for someone you know is suffering from cancer or depression or fill in the blank? If you've been healed from something, 
you have a special anointing to be able to pray for that for other people. Anytime somebody has cancer, I send them to Jim because I know God has blessed him and healed him. And he has words of encouragement. He has good news to share. That it is possible to be healed from cancer. Glory to God. So two things I encourage you in this week. is To be having your eyes peel for good news in the word for you. Because it starts at home. Where do you need good news to keep tending that fire? To keep running the race? And then to ask God, who would you have me to share this with? Not yelling. Don't we tell about our favorite sports team or what have you? What if we were to tell about this good news and encourage me today in the same way? Try it out. Let me know how it goes. Amen.